0: w-e-n-j w-e-n-j-h-d millville atlantic city 97.3 espn
1: this is the sports bash with mike gill on 97.3 espn now live inside the matt black kia studios here's mike gill here we go live on a thursday the sports bash 97.3 espn what it is what it is on a thursday edition well Things are changing and continue to move in all of the sports as they try to get back on their respective playing surface. Mike Hunter Brody, Josh Henning, producing today's show. You out there. What's going on, everybody? We got a lot to dive into where baseball yesterday was kind of um, at the top of the list of topics because the owners put out just such a preposterous offer. Well, some of the star players in the game have been striking back Hunter Brody and it doesn't sound good in fact I saw one broads 81 tweet today we will not have baseball this year that's what you think at this point eh hey?
0: Yeah I don't think I don't think either party is going to budge and and sadly that's how it's going to go down I don't think that that's right but that's the way that it seems like it's going you know a lot of people are going to be pro player in this scenario but they are just as r- wrong as the owners are to me. You gotta compromise. I mean, they're saying, no, we're not taking another pickup. We're not taking another pickup. You might have to. I mean, you flat out might have to. Now it might not have to be to the degree that the owners are throwing out there, but you are not off the hook either. Both parties are a problem to me.
1: Right. There are people who work at a job and they might be making, say, fifty thousand a year, and their their job came to them and said, Hey, look, we're gonna have to cut you down to thirty five thousand dollars a year. You probably weren't happy about that. The next time they come to you isn't about going down from 35 to 25. It's about not having a job at all. The players are lucky in some sense that the owners are saying, hey, we need to bring you down, and that we only need to bring you down again, not completely not pay you.
0: Correct. This is getting really ugly, and I just don't see either side going to nudge whatsoever. You got Scott Boris in the mix. He's uh, he's an agent of like 50% of the league, if not more. I mean, it, a lot. That's me just throwing out a number. But the moral of the story is he's, he represents a ton of players. And I know he is very vocal on this situation. Well,
1: Jason Stark tweeted this out four hours ago. He said, at the start of the week, I had two baseball people tell me the exact scenario that this is how it was going to plan out. The owners would make a play, a proposal the players hate. The angry players will denounce that proposal. The union will make a proposal that the MLB hates. Angry owners will denounce that. Another week will go by. The one problem is time. June 1st was, is within four days. So what we have at this stage, now yesterday we talked about it at the top of the show. It's probably the biggest story in sports right now, is All the other sports have somewhat harmony and baseball can't get out of its own way. Well, the Players Association plans to respond by wanting to play more games. Apparently, that's at the crux of this. They want to play more than
0: 82 games because they want the money exactly yeah they're throwing out more games so they get paid more and i just don't know if there's enough time to get as many games in as they want they need days off don't tell me that they can do two double headers on sundays have no days off for 21 days i mean none of that makes sense well it makes
1: sense if they're willing to not play as much in other words you know if you want to play 100 games and jam them all in you're just you're not going to play every day you know bryce harper you're going to be sitting two to three days a week. I mean, that's just going to be the reality of it is that teams are going to have to be prepared to have bigger rosters and play those guys more than you would see those players in a regular 162-game season. But the crux of this at this point is the additional cuts – the league proposed in an 82-game schedule would increase that amount by 33%. And the players prefer a regular season that's around 100 games because they would make more money by playing additional games. So if they play 100 games, you're going into playing regular season games, I would imagine, until like mid-October.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that being reasonable. But if that's what it takes, like, listen, I'm saying that both sides have to budge a little bit. If the owners are going to have to sit there and say, listen, this is the way it's going to have to work, we might have to get 100 games, then so be it. I mean, it's not like that's going to hurt them because they're going to have those bonus games, the 82 to 100 games that they're going to have bonus to get some sort of TV deal out of it.
1: Yeah, I, I heard Frank on the warm-up with Josh talking about, like, the only way to suffice this here, and I kind of agree with them. I asked um, Jared Diamond this yesterday. The only way that you can maybe make everybody happy here is if they can come to an agreement to defer the payments and just say, look, this is what we can afford this year. You have to work with us with this season and we'll pay you down the line. We will pay you. If you're Mike Trout and you signed a $35 million contract, you will get that money. You're just not going to be able to get that this year. And believe me, They've already agreed to that, that they would take less money. So whatever we agree to pay you, we will agree to pay you that number, but it might not happen in 2020. We might have to defer that payment down the line. If you guys will agree to these numbers, we feel comfortable paying these numbers, but they just might not happen now.
0: This is something that has been going around the Twitter sphere since last night, when Max Scherzer put up this post where you know he's saying he will not accept a second pay cut. Yeah,
1: but Scherzer's even saying that he won't even like re-engage with conversation.
0: Exactly, and and I think that's all crap, to be honest with you. That's just him trying to prove a point. He will have a conversation, I guarantee it. But he ended it with this sentence, and it has people fuming. And I want to get your opinion on it. So he ends it with, I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MOB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. So he's pretty much saying, you guys don't even know what's going on. And that's getting people pissed off. So people want him to come out and say it. Don't say, oh, things are happening behind the scenes that you don't know. Tell us what it is so we can understand. That is where the Twitter sphere is coming in, all pissed off on Max Scherz. What that he wants them to basically open their books. Well, no that that he's not telling us what he's talking about. He's saying that we don't know. The public does not know all the information, so why not tell us? Like fans want him to tell us what's actually going on. Then don't right. just say things are going he, on. They
1: want they want him to be the pull reporter, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but part of his stuff was too that he wants Major League Baseball essentially to open their books and say, What are you making? Because you're trying to tell us you can't pay us what we asked for, what we agreed upon. You need to open your books then and show us that you can't pay us. That's essentially what he's saying. Don't isn't that the way you took it?
0: Yeah, no, I, I do think that there's something to be said about that. And and I think the owners are being scummy and, and I think the players are being scummy. And it's just, it's sad. Right now it's sad because I don't think we are even close this is going to be a tough battle for a long time because neither parties want to really communicate it seems
1: yeah it seems that the one big problem is the fact that the owners maybe jumped the gun a little bit with the the proposal they made in March which is when they shut down spring training they never had the foresight to say We might be shut down for a while, and we might not have fans. They just took for granted, like a lot of people, that this was going to go away, and it's not a big deal, and everything's going to be fine in a couple of weeks, and it's just going to blow over. That's how baseball negotiated this deal, and they got bit. So if you're on the other side of the coin and you're a player, are you saying, we already went to the negotiating table over this very subject? So do the players have a point? It's hard because most times it's like, how are you taking the sides of the owners who have the billions against the sides of the players who have the millions? Well, the players are saying, I already negotiated this whole thing. We already went to the table. We already agreed upon this. It's not my fault. Me as the player that you as the owners were ill prepared for what could happen. Sorry, you got bad information. You listened to the wrong people I don't know what to tell you. Monopoly has it in their game. It's called bank error in your favor. Collect $200.
0: (laughs) The only thing I would say to that is, you know what? The owners might have screwed up and they might have messed up, but they are the owner, so they can still get out of that. That is what they are able to do as owners. So players need to realize that. If, If the owners truly... Screwed up to that level where it doesn't make sense for them to continue with what they made the player sign earlier in March. They have the capability of saying, "Screw it, we messed up. We are going to reassess." That's the part of being an owner. That's the part of having a business. Anyone who is a business owner can do the same exact thing with their employees. They can find ways to need uh, to to work this out. It's, I and. I I agree that
1: they should, at this time, they should find a way to work it out. And again, I think the deferred payment is something that that might be the fine line in the middle that can say, look, we know that we made an agreement. We're going to honor that agreement. We will stick with that agreement, but we can't give it to you now. Can you please bend with us on that? Look, we got nobody in the stands. I can't sell a hot dog. I can't sell a beer. I got no cars parking here. No one's buying your jerseys. What do you want us to do? And that's where Sears are saying, "Well, then open your books and let us know that you can't pay us." That's where it gets a little hazy because now you're basically, you know, essentially, again, it's going all It's what goes on in the country right now. Hey, show us your taxes. No, I don't want to show you my taxes. The owners are saying, "I'm not showing you my books. I don't need to tell you. You work for me. I don't need to show you how much I'm making."
0: You know, and, well, I, and sh- I, I honestly would say to the owners, you are correct. Like as an owner, they have the right to not show them. Sorry.
1: Right, exactly. So Scherzer, I think, is kind of taken. I don't think that he is in the right by saying, show us your books, and that's how we're going to negotiate. Like, you don't get to have information to add to your negotiation tactic. Part of the negotiation is you are kind of left in the dark of what they have, and they're left in the dark of what you want, and that's when you go back and forth. You don't say, well, I see here you're making $50 billion. You know, like the whole story about the Oakland A's. They are not going to pay their minor league players $400 a week. And it turned out that if they paid their players through the rest of the year, it would be $1 million. That's essentially what it would cost them, $1 million to basically finance the whole season for the minor leagues. And it turns out the owner of the A's is worth like $2 billion. $2 billion. So, in other words, a million dollars to him is a drop in the bucket. So, he's probably worth $2 billion, but who knows what how much money the A's are bringing in and all that kind of stuff. So, all these teams are different. So, I think Scherzer's kind of trying to make the he, – he's going out of his way to try to make the owners look like the bad guys here, which, okay, the, the owners are the bad guys. They typically are. But him as a star player, I think that's a bad tactic to try to, hey, show us your
0: books. And that's what I can't stand. It's if you don't necessarily agree with the players holding out, that doesn't mean that you support the owners 100%. Why can't both parties be wrong? Because that's the way I see it. This is the you know, true like,
1: scenario, Hunter, where both sides are both in the wrong, I think.
0: Yeah, and, and this is the problem, though. They both think they're right to the point where I don't know how one of their minds are going to change to come together.
1: Um, I think there is a way though, like, you know, a lot of people, Bob Nightingale has been pretty persistent that there will be baseball. They're going to get this figured out. Just trust them. Like it's going to happen. I do think that there is a way, look, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, right? That's the line. There's more than one way to skin a cat. They both made, uh, the baseball has made a, a ridiculous proposal. For Scherzer and any other player to come out and suggest that that's the be-all, end-all is just asinine. I mean, for them to go out in that kicking and screaming type of way, okay, you got insulted by it, boo-hoo, put your big boy pants on, get to the negotiation table, and you're allowed to counter. You ever watch Shark Tank when the owners, when, when, when the Sharks make a thing and they say, you know, you can counter here. That's the whole point. So the players go back and say, your offer was insulting. Here's our offer. This is what we expected. All right, now you're at a spot where you can negotiate off of what you expected. For him to kick and scream is childish.
0: I'm a Lori guy, by the way, on Shark
1: Tank. Grenier? I, I like Lori. Yeah, I like Lori. So if you're on Shark Tank, you want her to buy your product? Well, it depends. QVC's in the mix. It depends
0: on what my product is. But I'm, I'm a fan.
1: That's yeah, all. I like Lori. I like, I mean, most people lean towards Cuban. When they get on there, because it seems like he's the guy worth
0: the most money
1: and he's the highest profile guy.
0: Well, it depends if you're into that fashion stuff, you know, it, it all depends on who you yeah, go they with. They all There's
1: have a different expertise.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, getting to the big point here with, with baseball, I, I just don't see how one of these parties are going to change their mind because they are so heavily passionate about their respected views. And and look, when it comes to these owners, it's similar to the players. It's not just one guy they need to communicate with, right? I mean, it's all of these owners as a whole. So it's hard to get every single person on the one side together and then get everyone on the other side with the union together. It's just so many different voices It's scary.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they communicate. How the players' union gets the messages to every single player and then gets response from every single player to get some sort of, all right, well, you know, 800 of our constituents say this and the other 400 say that. And then we have 300 who didn't answer. I mean, like, how do they account for all the people in the union in a timely fashion. Remember, they want to try to get this done by Monday. I don't know that that's going to happen. So, Max Scherzer says, quote, there's no reason to engage with Major League Baseball in any further compensation reductions." So, he's basically saying, we've already agreed. We're not going to talk to it. It's a non- discussion. We've already agreed to reduce our salaries. So, that's the hurdle, and that's the rub right there. If 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 the players' union is listening to Scherzer and he's a voice for them, which I don't know how big his voice is in the players' union, but he's a pretty high-profile guy. And if Tony Clark goes to baseball and says, look, the union's saying they're not going to budge off that compensation, then I would agree with you that there will be no baseball. However... I think ultimately there's a there will be enough people that disagree with Scherzer and will say, remember those 65% we brought up yesterday, the 65% of players
0: that make a million dollars or less, they have to have a voice too, don't they? Absolutely. That's part of the union. But I just wonder if... Those sixty-five percent of people who are the nobodies, if you will, of baseball, and, and that's a little harsh. I mean, they're obviously still people, but you know they're not the superstars. What do you do if you're the union if you're satisfying all of the lesser players, but all your stars are extremely pissed? How do you how do you work with that?
1: Tough, you know. If you have, if <laughs> you have no, I'm saying it's it's tough. It's not oh, okay. tough like tough. <laughs> you know, it's tough because you got sixty-five percent of your union that make a million dollars or less. They are the majority, a big majority, by the way. And they might be completely happy with this proposal because they're going to get almost 91% of the money. If you made $285,000 in the full prorated number, you would get $262,000. You're only losing 20, less than about twenty-five dollars Whereas guy making $35 million, he's making only $7.8 million. That's a gigantic, gargantum and loss of income
0: for that guy the smack in the face Gil it really is the smack in the face and you can't treat your top guys like that I mean that's like if, if you have one person if you're in solar I don't know and that one person that you have in your field he sells the most amount of solar I mean he's your guy he's your top salesman he's bringing in 300 sales a month it's great and you're going to take all his money away from him, but you're going to give credit to the one guy who sells two solar sales a month. I mean, it makes no sense. Does it make any le- more sense in a
1: pandemic? No. All right. Well, that's where baseball is right now then. However, what is more beneficial? Just suck it up and say, I'm still getting $7 million. That guy's only getting 260000 or not
0: play at all. You find a way to get more than 7.84, which is the number if you're a $35 million player, but you don't fight until you get to $35 million either. Like, I don't think it's fair to take 7.84 if your contract is 35. That is a slap in the face. But you can't be fighting for 35 either. You got to be satisfied with about 15 to 18 in that range. That's what you would have to do. Um.
1: That's what I said yesterday. The big players should be able to say, look, we already agreed. We'll take the seven. If I'm making 35, I'll make 17.7. You know, you get to a number, you know, 10 million, where the people that make 10 million or more will make the, the first proposal, that number. If you make 10 million or less, you will get the second, the, the proposal that's out there, you know, that, that they decided.
0: Absolutely. No, I I would I would be okay with something like that. I just, you know, uh, there's a little bit inside of me that says and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. There will be one day where the flip will just switch and we will or the switch will flip and we just go from it's not going to happen to it's going to happen because something new will come out. There will be a day where that happens because I I feel like the pressure is there. There's a little bit inside me that says the pressure will be there to force them to come up with a decision. Maybe that's just me hoping you know, as much as I think there won't be baseball, there's a little bit inside of me that thinks there has to be because there's just no way well, that they can go without it.
1: How, how detrimental is this? You know, 94, they had no season. I mean, they had the half a season and they ended up uh, going on strike and, uh, the, you know, the whole it basically killed the Expos. You know, the Expos were in first place. Uh, they were the best team in baseball. And then they went on strike and we never saw what was going to happen to that Expos team. And many people thought it was one of the best teams they had ever seen. I mean, they had, you know, just a, a myriad of stars. They were clearly the best team in the National League. And they went on strike, and the Expos died. They died. They, they left Montreal because after that, the fan base there just, you know, they were so sickened by it, and they ended up moving to Washington. A couple of years later, they couldn't get any fans to come out. The whole place was empty all the time. Uh, they broke up the team, and, and it killed them. 94 lost a lot of fans if they don't play are they cushioned by the fact that well there was a pandemic going on or will it look like greed and the fans will turn on them
0: I think the fans will turn on them especially if you're going to see the NHL and the NBA come back and look I'm not comparing the two because one season played majority of their games the other season hasn't even started it so it is two totally different scenarios but I do think it would be so ugly to during this time, that fans will be lost. And and I think that is how it should be, to be honest with you. That should be a statement to the league, and that's why I brought up the pressure part of it. I don't think that there will be baseball, but there is just a tiny, tiny bit inside that keeps a little bit of hope involved just because of the pressure and knowing that if they do not get on the field, they might lose a lot of fans in the long run. 609-403.
1: 09736094030973 uh baseball definitely at a crossroads right now. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think I'm 100% certain that there's going to be baseball. They are at a crossroads. And I don't know how the biggest voices in this game are going to react. Are they going to sit on the sideline and say I'm not playing for that much money or are they going to get out there and say, "You know what? We owe it to people. We owe it to fans. We owe it to what's going on in this world right now." to get out there and play for whatever money is offered to us. We're playing a kid's game. Let's get out there and do it and, and make people at ease, give them something to watch. I mean, is that that sounds a little bit too um, <laughs> optimistic uh, that people are going to kumbaya and say, you know what, we owe it to people.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that easy, but I'll tell you what. I would take, and I tweeted this out when the whole pandemic started, I would take 10 years of Gabe Kapler as the Phillies manager if it meant that there would just be baseball played. Now, do I regret that tweet? Yeah, maybe. But guess what? I feel that way today. Maybe it'll change by the uh, end of the hour. Probably. Sports
1: Bash Live. Coming up, uh, Daryl Ray, D-Ray from the 2016 Villanova Wildcats National Championship team going to talk some NBA Sixers. We're going to be talking with Daryl throughout the basketball season to get more insight. He is one of the co-hosts of the podcast Processed with Hunter Brody. So we're going to start using his uh, basketball intellect more as we get ready for the return of basketball. So we'll be doing that on Thursdays at 3 with D. Ray. We'll get his thoughts on the Sixers. You know, Keith Smith said something yesterday about neutral sites and which teams might benefit or be affected by this. Uh, We'll ask D-Ray about that. Also, Adam Kaplan, football at four, the PT. Oh, we got a good one today. It's National Hamburger Day. So instead of going with your favorite burger in the area, because quite frankly, I don't think I can rank my five favorite burgers in the area. We went a little bit outside the box and went with five burger joints that you would want to have a burger from a television show. Because I definitely could do that. There's places where you're like, man, I'd love to check what that place out looks like or what the food there tastes like. I got five right in my head
0: right now. Yeah, I got five as well. I just picture myself maybe being in the TV show. Like, oh, look at Broads over there. Yeah, what's up, fellas? You know what I mean? Like when the cast comes in, you're always at the
1: counter, butt crack (laughs) hanging out. (laughs) Exactly. Pair of bear claws, please. Here we go. All right, that's all coming up today. during the uh, MGPT Top 5 at 5. And John Barr, this story on Friday night, the E60. On Roy Halliday, imperfect. He is. Uh, uh, he spent nine months putting this thing together, and his wife, Brandi Halliday speaks for the first time on camera. We will talk to John Barr tonight at 5.30, right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. Off-season. By no means are we a finished product. What off-season number one sports talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN-FM. Uh, so the NBA, a lot of MLB talk to start things off. We'll get back into it later on. By the way, John Barr tonight, 530. He is uh, a part of the E60 on Roy Halladay. It's called Imperfect. But the NBA seems like it is likely to return shortly. I don't want to say shortly. I mean, we're going to be talking about at least another month ramping up to the nba the latest timeline has games starting in late july early august for the nba so that's what we're talking about daryl ray uh, former villanova wildcat part of the uh, 2016 national championship team he's going to join us and we'll be talking to daryl he's going to be zoning in on the sixers as they get back here so by the way uh you know, Daryl has played some professional basketball. He had some workouts with the Sixers as well. So this is a guy who not only now covers the league, has played with guys in the league, and has a very good understanding of how things like this work. So this is going to be very educational as well when we kind of get into stuff like this, including you know playing in a neutral gym like this. Well, what can that be like? I mean, I don't think that anybody can really. But I guess, like, an inner squad scrimmage would be the... Like, have you ever played... Not you, but Daryl. Has he ever played in, like, a high-level inner squad scrimmage and that you block out that there's nobody there? You know what I mean? Well,
0: I I think that's what a lot of people say in general. When they end up... They always say... You just block it out. You just play. Like, that's just what you do. You go out there and you just play, and you don't realize that there's nobody else in the stands. You know, like, it's just so natural to go out there and compete. You just don't think about it.
1: Yeah. By the way, Daryl's at 3 o'clock today. He was on at 2.30 the last time we had him. I guess that's why I got confused a little bit. But he'll be joining us at 3 o'clock today. Uh, But the NBA timeline, the NBA is working out multi-phase medical safety protocols towards the restart of play. Current projections have in-market training camps in July, then camps and scrimmages in Orlando, and then play will resume in late July and early August. So essentially, right now, we've heard the reports about New Jersey opening and the Sixers have voluntary workouts. The players are allowed to start working out. There's no coaches allowed in those workouts, though. So there's just like four players hanging in the gym, just working out in there. And then I guess the next step will be that the NBA will then open to not force, but you know, have full teams come back and at their workout facilities. And then the next step will be once they figure out how many teams, what the format is going to be, that they would have like a, you know, exhibition mini camp kind of training camp in market in July. And then they will have scrimmages and everything in Orlando and then resume play. I'm, I'm imagining this would happen like the last week of July, the first week of August. So there's a lot that still has to be jumped over, but it does. they're not fighting on money. That's one
0: thing. They're definitely not fighting on money. Now, how about this, though? We're going to have the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals go up against regular season football. I mean, that is going to happen. There's going to be an NBA playoff game in September no, on a Monday night. I don't think and so. And the NFL will have a Monday night football I game. I don't think so. I think they will
1: try to work their schedule around it. Like, they'll play on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday.
0: There's no way that they're – with all the teams in play, especially early on, I can't see how there's not going to be a one situation or two situations where, listen, we gotta we got to put it on a – on a Sunday, we got to put it on a Monday. We got to put it on a Thursday. I mean, it's going to have to fall that way. You got to get these games in. They're on a time crunch. They are, but
1: I think they'll do their best, though, then to put once they get to the finals and further that they'll try to avoid those nights. No, I mean, think about it. You can play, The only problem is, well, I mean, take out the back-to-back a little bit. You're you're not traveling. You're, you're playing the whole thing in one spot. So you don't have travel restrictions. So you probably don't have to space them out as much. You know, when you're playing, you know, in one place, you got to travel, especially for the NBA finals. If you're on the East coast, you got to travel to the West. You can probably shorten that thing down where you don't have to space out, you know, three days off or anything like that. Um, I would imagine that if they have playoff games, they'll put the one verse eight or the two verse seven or however they configure the playoffs. They will put the less desirable matchups, on the nights where there's football, so maybe they'll just punt those nights and give you the higher-profile matchups on the free nights when there is a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Friday night, although Friday is not a great television. Hey, look, this is what you're up against.
0: And I guess they can do something where, listen, if it's Monday and the NFL game starts at 8.20, why not start the NBA game at 5.? So then you get an NBA playoff game at five o'clock leads into the football. Game, you're not you know? getting
1: an NBA game at five because uh, West Coast, it would be two, yeah, you're o'clock. A two o'clock game over there.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't work out. I was just trying to think. But uh, here's this. Here's one thing that popped into my head. And, and I was listening around a bit and, and doing a little bit of research on what the NBA might do when they come back and and it was sort of like the world cup. Now hear me out. I know me and you both said yesterday that we want to keep it as is best of seven, but this was brought up to me and, and I thought it was interesting. I'm not going to go to the extreme and say, I love it. I want to do it, but it's just an interesting thought. So I want to get your opinion on it. Instead of having the Lakers play the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round and beat them in four games where it's not even competitive at all, because that's what's going to happen. What if they do, a round-robin grouping. So it's similar to the World Cup. You got Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D, And then in that Group A, it's Lakers, Sixers, Celtics, Raptors. And you got to come out on top of your specific group. So you don't get a Lakers versus a Memphis Grizzlies best of seven. You end up getting these insane matchups within the group. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't I mean I've seen
1: we've we've been hearing a lot about the NBA even talking about doing this before this all happened was going to 1-16. This might be the precursor of them. In fact, I would feel that the NBA would take this opportunity to try it out to see how the fans react to
0: a 1-16 thing instead of an east and west Well, this is a little bit different than the one in 16. I mean, you're literally grouping teams together. It's like the World Cup where you have to, you watch. You watch to see what group you end up playing in. You don't know. They're going to pick out of a hat. You can get the Celtics. You can get the Raptors. You can get the Mavericks. You can get the Clippers. I mean, you just don't know. And then you get into a four-team grouping, and and you got to come out on top. But that will eliminate the one versus eight, which is a blowout every single year. Yeah, I mean, but you're going to get one verse 16 in this scenario, right? No, 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 no. It's like soccer where there's groupings. So there's four teams in a group. You're going to end, you just pull out of a hat and see where the grouping is. So you can get Lakers and all these top teams, Bucks, in the same group.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't so like, it's not one uh, verse 16. I mean, look, if you're, I get what you're saying. If you're going to put, Look, this whole one sixteen idea where you're just going to take the top sixteen things you're just saying pull them out of a hat. I don't know. Well, that's money.
0: what they do in soccer. Yeah, I do I don't, don't want to follow anything soccer's doing. Sorry, but I don't. I don't think you're. But you're. So you're getting. What, so if you're telling me in in a bracket you have the some of the best teams in the NBA, where that's the playoffs. I mean, you don't have to play a crap team in the first round. You eliminate that.
1: Yeah, but the crap team in the first round, now you're giving them a better
0: chance to advance. Okay, that's also true, but you're also getting way better matchups early yeah, but, on, too. Okay, okay, but the point But not really though, because if they're in a if they're in a grouping with one team that's dominant, they're they're really not gonna make it. The point is the playoffs are not supposed to
1: devalue your regular season. Your regular season is played to jockey for position to get into the playoffs. If then you're saying you played a regular season and now we're just going to pick teams out of a hat and pair them up, your regular season was all for naught.
0: Well, it's essentially that anyway. I mean, me and you sit here all the time and say it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they
1: can't say that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, it's, it still matters. It's just the first seed doesn't matter as much or the second seed doesn't matter as much, but it still could because in this scenario where it's not a pandemic, they would still have home floor. So it does matter because if you're the first seed, you're still going to be able to have the home floor. That's the thing they would have to work out, actually, outside of the pandemic is how they would be able to utilize this with the travel. Yeah.
1: Now, I mean, in this scenario, I can see it working. But moving forward, I can't go with that. I can't say you're going to play 82 games and then the top 16 teams are going to get in and then we're going to pick you out of a hat. Then why don't I play 82 games to jockey? What was the position well, for? Just you, to be one you, of the top 16 teams?
0: Yeah. That's ridiculous.
1: Is that I, what I soccer you get does? Better
0: quality basketball in the first round is what you get. Yeah, but then you played 82 really meaningless games. They do that anyway. Yeah, but
1: they're meaningless. They would be really meaningless. How much more meaningless can it get? Not There's not everybody who g- agrees with us that thinks they're – do you see the reaction on Twitter at the end of a game when the Sixers lose on Tuesday night in February? There's people out there who don't think they're meaningless games. You can't well, tell well, those are. people, hey, we're the NBA, and now we're telling you our regular season is meaningless. I can say it,
0: you can say it, but the NBA can't do that. I just think it would be really interesting that if the Sixers were in a four group with the Denver Nuggets, the Sixers, the Heat, and the Rockets, and in the first round of playoffs, technically, you got to find a way to get out of that four-team race by playing each team two times. I think that would be stellar basketball. I think that would be fun as hell to watch, and it would be really interesting. It would be if you were doing a
1: gimmicky tournament. Like, if you were just saying, hey, we're going to do some, you know, the match and just do the 16 best teams, pull them out of a hat like the TBT tournament in the middle of the summer, yeah, that's one way to do it. But you can't have an NBA regular season and say those 82 games are completely meaningless. We're going to get the 16 te- – well, they're not meaningless to get to the 16 teams, but really, do we care? Like, one through 16, all right, the the battle for the 16th spot, which right now would be Orlando, Brooklyn, uh, I guess there might be some intrigue on the western side. I don't know what the, the standings would look like, but to put the whole point that I don't like is you have jockeyed for position, and then your positioning is reestablished.
0: It is reestablished, but it can also work in your favor. It can hurt against you. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, it can work totally in your favor at the same it time. Could. It
1: just sounds. It just
0: just so gimmicky. I, I the only reason I bring it up is. I'm not 100% against it because I just think there has to be something better down the road than one verse eight in the NBA when statistically it just it it's so bad. It
1: is no, the one verse eight in the NBA is bad. It's the worst, but you also get the four five. So you do have first round matchups that do have three sixes is 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 typically getting the the NBA. Playoffs is definitely one where the one, two, three are typically the, the powers, right? They they move on almost every percentage of the time, but you get the four, five, the three, six. At least gives you some goodies. But once you get into that second round, you start to get you get one, four, two, three. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but I just wonder if you so know when you talk, you about you would rather three, basically deface the entire playoff system because the one round gives you bad matchups.
0: No, but I think that that one round could definitely be somehow worked on. But no, you're right. It, it would be silly to say, let's just change everything all the time just because you have a, a bad matchup. every I just I got that in my head that it could be so unique and so crazy, like... The Jazz, the Pacers, the Raptors, and the Thunder have to play each other twice, and the best team of those four get to move out. Like that—that that seems like so entertaining to me.
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the one
0: sixteen thing happen this year. One sixteen—I I do think they're leaning that way. Now, do you know what the what the Sixers would have to face if it went status quo?
1: Yeah, they would still face the Celtics.
0: Celtics, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers. If it if it stayed status quo, as if all those teams won, oh, that's I who they I would face. I didn't think. see that's the path. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I'll pass on that.
0: <laughs> now you're thinking about the four team round robin pick out of the hat. Well, no, I would
1: I would just stick east west. Just do it that way. It's not like it's much easier. But... Well, it would be Celtics in round one. And then I guess the Raptors. Uh,
0: no, I think it would be the Bucks, and then because of where we're la- we the six seed, right? So we it would be the Bucks. No, in the second round,
1: it would be no. It would be uh, the two seed, Toronto, because the two and the three would face off in the second round. The one plays the four.
0: Yeah, but isn't the one the Bucks, and we would be the four? No, the if Sixers, we beat the Celtics, the Sixers are the six. Yeah do so, well, then it all of a sudden become the four. They're still the six. Well, they're the low. They're the lo- They would be the low. They would be the lowest seed. No, they don't advance.
1: Re- they don't re-seed like they do in hockey, or they used to do in hockey. No, it's the winner of the three-six matchup would advance to face the winner of the two-seven.
0: Okay, I got you. So got the you.
1: seven could play the six, or the the six could play the two. Right. It wouldn't play the one because they were the six, the lowest seed remaining. You know what I'm saying? I like I I like that better though. What playing the Raptors?
0: No, I think it should reseed. I mean, it makes the most sense. Well, that's if been, the Sixers are the sixth seed and they're the last one, they're the lowest seed available. Why wouldn't they play the number one squad?
1: That's been talked about a lot in a lot of sports. You know, where oh well, there was an upset, so the number one seed should get to play the worst team. You that's, disagree? Uh, I'm not. I don't feel passionately either way. I, I feel like. I think a lot of it is travel, and that's already like predetermined that, all right, if you win this series, you're playing them. You know. That's 609 403 0973. Thursday afternoon, said to the top. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody at Broads81. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Gill Show. Follow me there. Ask Mike and Broads today four thirty. Always fun. You guys have some good questions. You can keep sending them in. I asked my girlfriend about the socks or the underwear. Yeah. Now she went socks. She'd yeah, wear the, the sock. underwear is
0: gross.
1: Maybe your ass smells worse than, than
0: mine no, does. I don't I mean, know. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it, anyone, if if you're sitting only in a the week, same though. underwear for a week, it's only a week.
1: You have to wear the socks every day for a month. You know how hard and those things get hard and like crusty?
0: Oh, It would be gross, but man, they're both horrendous options. Who came up with this stupid question?
1: Yeah, and I don't wear socks around the house, so I would have to keep taking the socks off and then putting them back on. See, some people might be thinking about it in a way that you're just going to keep the sock on your foot for a month straight. I wouldn't do that because I don't like wearing socks.
0: Well, I think that's part of the equation here. I think you have to keep them on. You don't have a say. They're glued. Well, I'm
1: looking at it in a way that I don't want to take the socks off and
0: then put them back on. Well, then the point of it is you keep it on the whole time, though. You don't really have a say in this scenario. They're just stuck to your feet for a month. That would drive me even more insane. I think yeah. I'd, again, rather have just keep the boxers
1: on for a, a week, and I'll deal with it at the end of the week. The thing you is, have to the take the compared off to the
0: month. You have to take them both off to get a shower. Maybe not. Maybe the scenario has you just in the shower with them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see,
1: that's where, like, the whole scenario is not really laid out all that well. Like, yeah, hey, we have to
0: do some research. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, hey, would you... Be able to keep socks on in the shower. I'm like, no, I don't even like to wear socks. Like walking around my house, Ew,
0: socks on in the shower, then they get all like they like feet? Yeah, you ever like
1: the commercial where the guy has the carpet in the shower? You ever see what? that? No, I think it's for a Geico or some car car uh, car insurance or something. And he's like in the shower with the with the shag carpet. Oh, it just just great that it's like putting nails on the chalkboard. Now, how does that relate to
0: car insurance at all? I don't know.
1: They did a bunch of these goofy commercials where, um, you know, they did all these random things. And, and that's one that sticks out. The guy, it's like a brown, shaggy carpet. And he's like, it's soaking wet. And he's like rubbing his body up against it and doing stuff like, you know, really odd and, and awkward. I don't know.
0: Now, would you rather have that shower for the rest of your life or you have to wear socks? for the rest of your life um the shower thing i mean
1: no i don't you know what bothers me the most in the shower is when the drain gets a little clogged and you have water up to your ankles
0: oh that's the worst
1: that's the worst and i don't know why people allow it to get to that point where it gets to the ankles because people listening might be like dude just unclog the thing but you know you've had it happen to you too So don't be a hypocrite and be like, just clean the drain. We all let it get to the point where all of a sudden you're like, this water's a little murky.
0: Well, I think because you can't tell until it starts getting clogged. Like, you don't notice it's going to get there until it starts to get there. Now, the worst is when you have the water up to your ankles and then your Bluetooth speaker dies, and then you don't have your podcast in the shower. I mean, that's when it really gets bad. Yeah.
1: Well, the shower thing is, you know, like, my girlfriend, her hair will come off, you know, like the hair is at the bottom of the, of the thing. Oh, and yeah, that the worst. Like it's all
0: over this. How about the side of the shower? The long hair, just like all over the side of the shower. Right. What are you doing in there?
1: Yeah. Well, like my hair doesn't come out. Like I don't have that problem. I got a great head of hair, man. It's a <laughs> oh, great, do you? just a great lettuce, you know, just Ooh. like hanging out. But no, like, you know, at the end of the week, you're like, all right, she's got a whole thing of hair down here. Like that's clogging up the, uh, the drain a little bit. You know, I got to do a little dirty work to get it out of there. So you don't make her do it? Eh, I'm not going to start a fight over something minute. Okay, pick and choose your battle, smart man. Yeah, hey, you just say, all right, you know, I'll take care of it. It's bothering me, not you.